Yeah, we're doing music. I'm gonna try to not mess it up. Okay. <laughs> Don, get off your phone! Class act, guys. I am working. Frazier just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real estate update. Did you, did you know? I did. Okay. I did. Did you know? We're Diamond Realty Associates of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Premier Properties, and I'm Dawn. I'm Amber. I'm Trace. And I'm Erin. Um, Erin and I sound a lot alike, we've decided. Yeah. So really? It's okay if nobody else can tell us apart. <laughs> but did you? Do you? I think I can tell you guys apart. I can too, but we're around tomorrow. Yeah, you're with us every True. day. True. So today we're going to be talking to you about rural properties. Erin's favorite word. I'm going to stay silent for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> did you get a kick out of pamphlet last night? I told Barb that you guys were making fun of me, and she said you're not very nice, and that she, I'm her favorite. Pamphlet. And when Mike said it, I was like, you have to say What'd you say? He goes, pamphlet. And I'm like, can I record you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I totally asked him, too, and he was like, you are not recording. <laughs> did you get my message, too, that I said? Yes. We are all saying it right. Yes. Maybe it is pamphlet and not pamphlet. Pamphlet. Just pamphlet. like plural. Rural. rural has two R's, not one. Rural. I um, am my own boss. I say things the way I want to. All right. What are we looking for when we're purchasing one? And Minnesota versus North Dakota expectations from lenders when we are looking at rural properties. Rural. So what are the rural properties in our area? Hey, look, I got a little map here. Hey, that's a nice map. There are a ton to get it to. Pretty much the whole state of North Dakota is rural, except for Grand Forks, Minot, <laughs> yep. Williston, Fargo, Bismarck, Bismarck, and then the greater FM area. Yeah. And you're pretty much talking the same thing in Minnesota, unless it's a big city, it's considered rural. Or Lakes area, depending on the situation. We're going to have a different segment for you on Lakes area in the future. It does, does the lake population freeze? have to be like under so much. I'm not sure. I was told once, and I'm correct. I'm not 100. percent I don't know. Remember something to do with like the fire department too. Oh, how many oh. or how that worked, or maybe they're paid versus volunteer. I'm not. Well, West Fargo's sure. volunteer. They're still volunteer, okay. yep, but yep. they still get. They did get full timers. They, they do have some full timers, yep. yes. But up until very recently, they were 100. percent And they're really nice. So we'll we'll post this map too. Um, Hashtag Logan, please post this map. <laughs> yeah. But we're just going to, it's a, it's an idea. I pulled this from USDA's website. Um, it did say it's for 2018. They do sometimes change the borders. Like there's still spots of Horace that are um, rural. Uh, but then obviously as the, the growth, <laughs> did I say it right? Yeah, you got it. You're good. Uh, as the growth hits more South Fargo, those areas like wild rice is still saying that it's, eligible, but maybe in a few years it won't be. So, and USDA stands for United States Department of Agriculture. We throw a lot of abbreviations at you, so I want you to know what that means. Yep. Yes, good point. So, can pull that map back up? Yes. We'll just give some border ideas. Riley's Acres is kind of one of our northern cutoffs. It'll go up to North River, Oakport. Those are still considered FM area. Dilworth is still considered FM area, um, unless you go a little bit further out. Once you get to Glendon, that's USDA, Sabin's USDA, Mapleton's USDA, um, and then anything kind of closer than that to Fargo will not qualify. It's kind of weird that there's those two spots down there. Like yeah, South Horace. And Horace, yeah. Let me just try to zoom in here. That's weird. Enhance. Enhance. 
Like, what avenue are we on? If I had to guess, Horace is going to be the next one zoned into Absolutely. With just the growth down there. Well, and I'm guessing with that new school coming up, too, Mm -hmm. that's going to make a difference just because it's getting so populated. Yeah, that's interesting that it kind of jumps now. Yep, because this part isn't very... Obviously, you guys can't see what we're looking at. We apologize. (laughs) But the part (laughs) that has Horace as ineligible isn't a highly populated spot. You think it would be west of Cheyenne over by the river where... There's a bunch of houses that wouldn't, oh, yeah. be, wouldn't be rural. Rural. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it has to do with the city's development, too. Preparing. Mm-hmm. And a safe thing to keep in mind, too, if you're thinking rural, did you drive through a big blank space of country <laughs> first, or were you still in town is normally a good guide. The shortest one is probably Glendon and Horace at this point. Mm-hmm. And Harwood. So you can actually put an address into this map to see if it qualifies. Which is nice because that way you know to talk to your lender about yeah different op- financing options too. Yeah, and this this website also has the income eligibility. I did pull that up a little bit so we could go over that as well. Um, just talks about mem- eligibility for a USDA loan. Um, USDA loans are really nice because you don't get hit with that mortgage insurance like FHA. Uh, basically, it's just an incentive for people to move to more of these smaller populated towns so they don't die off. Um, so one to four member household, they just require your income not to exceed 78,000 in most areas, but up to 202,000 in certain high cost areas. Um, I believe for us, it's still around that 78, um, possibly up to a hundred thousand. So five to eight member household, 103,000 is 103,200 is your cutoff for what, uh, your household makes to qualify. So, you can go. so when you talk about household too, you talk about your kids then too. Yes. So if you have your your husband and yourself and four kids, you're obviously in that five to eight. So that makes a little a, bit more. That makes a difference too in what you can qualify for. Um, USDA loans are zero percent down. You interrupted Amber. It was. I was actually <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> um, and check with your lender though, because sometimes it's like five hundred dollars down or zero percent down. Rude trades. <laughs> okay, but five hundred dollars isn't always one percent. Nope. So it's the minimum. Yep. Five hundred is the minimum. Oh right, because if you think about some of the smaller towns. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh the nice thing too, like we talked about that mortgage insurance. Um so we've had a few people that have purchased in Wapaton and their mortgage insurance would be, you know, $150 a month. Is that something right? Uh FHA. FHA. It depends on the price of the house. Yeah, it depends on the price of the house, but then it seems like USDA, it's usually half. You do have an upfront mortgage insurance, um, or excuse me, uh, premium that you pay in the beginning, but then it just feels like the life of the loan, you're paying a lot less. And so when we talk about 0% down, does that mean it doesn't cost you anything to buy a house? It means it costs you a lot less and you can ask in a, often cases, you're going to ask the seller for help if you're a first-time buyer, but this is money that you don't have to bring out of your own pocket. When you need a 3.5% down payment for FHA, seller can't pay that for you. It has to come out of your pocket, or it would have to be a first-time buyer down payment program. So we still have to bring money to the table. Mm-hmm. It's just not going toward their down payment. And a lot of times, whatever your um, earnest money was usually covers that USDA bottom thingy minimum payment thank you yeah. for yeah for what you have I to bring to you. the closing table got me fam thanks words are hard trying to trying to oh. attempt to see how much what the rates are for usda right now 
see if this happens. Somebody talk about something. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're just, uh, this is a really great alternative for people who are in a bit of a tighter income to get into a home instead of renting, who don't mind driving a little bit to get to town and to get their first home and start building equity. I think it's a great program. So why do we have the USDA program? To make sure just that those small towns don't die out. To help our rural development. Help our rural. <clears throat> well, and one nice thing is talking to a lender yesterday, too, is that you don't have to use USDA to buy a rural property, that they have other programs that you can um, purchase with. It's a conventional. It's still 5% down, but at least then you don't have to worry about outbuildings and oh, sure. everything else. Because sometimes with USDA, they get... They're pickier. They're, pi they're pickier yep. on appraisals. That's a good point to make, too. Uh, that's another thing we'll bring up, too. Um, but I do believe their debt-to-income ratio is pickier than FHA because I had a problem mm -hmm. with a client of mine that was purchasing in uh, Wapaton. We had to switch her to FHA. So it doesn't have to be USDA, but that is a good program option if you're willing mm -hmm. to drive or even just live. You don't have to drive to Fargo, but if you if you want to live somewhere outside of the FM metro area. it will Yeah, it will save you. Option. The same house will save you overall with USDA loan if you qualify, but you want to make sure that debt to income ratio is good. So don't be taking out too many credit cards and uh, then you'll be okay. And don't, and don't make too much money. And house, well, houses <laughs> in that area are so much cheaper they when are. you look at the quality of the house, the size of the house compared to what you're paying in the metro area. You're getting so much more house if you're willing to make that 15, 20 minute drive. Absolutely. I was going to use an example, but I can't remember what town it was in. What's that town that I was in yesterday? That's Enderlin. Enderlin. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not from here. There's a lot of little towns in North Dakota. <laughs> uh, no, but I was showing clients of mine houses in Enderlin and we walked through and it was almost exactly like a house that I sold, um, which would have been over a hundred thousand dollars here. And it was like $69,000 there. Sorry, that was a photobomb <laughs> moment. We got quiet. Um, but I think one thing we should talk about is um, USDA North Dakota versus Minnesota. Mm. What are we? What do we think? One's easier. <laughs> one is definitely easier, and one is not that great. Not to brag on any states. Um, Minnesota, there is a little bit harder to get the USDA and does seem like they're just a little bit pickier. I had a client that was waiting forever for the USDA thing. Approval. Approval. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, and they they just cut them for just the, the silliest reason. So we had to switch them to FHA. So if you are buying in Minnesota, just be aware of that, that we'd want to make sure everything's really, really clean before we attempted to do USDA loan. And talk to your lender and know your backup options. Whenever you're looking at USDA, I would say North Dakota or Minnesota, have that plan B on the line. Know what that's going to do and make sure that you still want that house. Mm -hmm. So we can switch programs after we've already picked a house. Let's say we're pre-approved for USDA and our house isn't going to work, but we love it. We can still switch to a different program. We can. Yep. The... Um... If you're switching from, let's say, a conventional to an FHA, you might have a little bit issue with the seller just because the appraisal process is more picky. But switching from USDA to FHA, it's very similar. And um, sometimes you'll, you know, sometimes you just don't qualify for the USDA, but the appraisal process will be pretty much the same. So the seller shouldn't have an issue with it. And sometimes they can even use that same appraisal because they are so similar, mm -hmm. which is nice. Right. Absolutely.
So when we're looking for rural properties, uh, what yeah. some things to keep, I've been practicing. Um, <laughs> what some things to keep in mind when looking at the property? Septic. Well, outbuildings. outbuildings. Yep. <laughs> Water testing. <laughs> so how does septic work in North Dakota versus Minnesota? Done. No pressure. Oh, no pressure. Yeah. I'm not sure about North Dakota. I just, you know, hey. Da, da, da. Holy da, da, da. cow, it got weird. Weird, right? Wait, should we do this instead? Remix, absolutely. Or Run DMC. DMC. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh my god, every time Don talks, I'm gonna do that one now. Oh great. <laughs> um septic in Minnesota, it's certified um, by the state usually, or somebody um, they will come out and test or check that the septic is up to code for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, not sure about North Dakota because I haven't done a rural property in North Dakota. I've only done ones in Minnesota. I have one that's currently pending and the lender did let me know because the seller is updating this, putting a new septic in before closing. So we put that on the purchase agreement to cover them. So now the appraiser is going to look for that and make sure it's new. So North oh, Dakota, sure. if you do comment on anything about well or septic, then the appraisal in the bank will require it. But if you don't put anything into that purchase agreement, I think they're in general more lax. Watch what you're writing in your purchase agreement. Yeah. <laughs> or All just right. hire a good uh, agent. <laughs> um, so it, it does all come down. I mean, it can seem pickier in Minnesota or maybe you're thinking, you know, North Dakota is too lax, but it just, it comes, it's not. It comes down to the health departments and how they function uh, across the border. You know, we live on this border state and each state runs their government very differently. So um, the ultimate goal is just to keep everyone's drinking water safe. And it really, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It comes down to keeping everybody safe. It's not because what? <laughs> yeah, that's Rude. not the one that I think it is. Okay, Rude. how about this? Yes. Okay, thank you for agreeing with me. Uh, no, it just comes down to keeping everybody safe and doing what's best for you as the buyer. You want a safe house to live in. You want to make sure that you are paying the right price for it. You're not overpaying for it. So when the lenders have these requirements, it's not to be a stickler. It's to make sure everybody's safe in the long run. Your subject doesn't crap out on you. Literally. Why do you guys let me be over here with the mouse? <laughs> I clearly sure. can't work these. But the reason, like, if you think about Minnesota versus North Dakota, too, and septic and well, is that think about the land of 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. Sure. A lot Very of the point. septic and the well runoff goes into those lakes, and in order to keep the quality of the lake up, they have to have those um, inspections and certifications in you know, in place in North Dakota, we're just dry. Let it go into the land, I guess. Weird. Weird. So maybe weird. don't fish from the Red River. Still well, produce. Never. There's a lot of farm country. Still produce. We still probably yeah, want to care. Fertilizer yeah, probably want to care. And to piggyback on piggy bank, <laughs> piggyback on what Trey said, um, it is, it's to protect you. It's to protect your property. It's also to protect their investment. It's all around looking up for all of the different components with that appraisal and the different tests, et cetera. And one lender was saying the reason why North Dakota is a little bit more lax is because they have so much um, as far as the USDA funding goes that people just aren't utilizing. So they really want people to be utilizing it as opposed to Minnesota. There are more people willing to use that program. And so it is just a little bit more competition. A lot more people live in Minnesota than <laughs> population-wise. So it's a good program to take advantage of if you're willing or looking for the North Dakota side. So how do outbuildings work with USDA or rural? Rural. Yikes. 
I kind of burped in my throat there. That's why it looked oh. weird. No, nope, it sounded nope. weird. Where okay, outbuildings. I had a client with a bad outbuilding situation, and we tried a bunch of different things. We might our lender at that point in time might have claimed they could do a lot and was unable to go through. Um, so be really careful who your lender is. Make sure that what they're saying is actually what they can do and programs they have are actually what they can do. That's great. I, you found that one yesterday. Hopefully they can actually make it happen because it stinks. But there's outbuildings and you can't literally go around to 10 different buildings, scrape all the paint, repaint them on a $100,000 farmstead. It's no. never going to happen. So then what do you do? It has to be a cash buyer. This was a conventional program. So I have a question just because somebody's asked me this and I didn't have a good answer. Um, they've closed on the house or they are closing here soon, something. Um, they have to escrow to get that building torn down. They -hmm. really like that outbuilding though, because it's just good for like storing their giant lawnmower now and whatever else, um, their cow or something. I don't know. But their question is if we tear it down, like, can we just, lay it down and then put it back up later. Cause it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the USDA or VA or I, somebody didn't like that outbuilding. I would say double check with their lender. Um, but I'm assuming it's whatever is written in the appraisal contingent to, or, you know, cause they, they technically don't have that loan locked up yet because the appraiser still has to come out. And that was one of the the issues that the appraiser had and you know sometimes things can't be done before the closing date uh but i would maybe figure out exactly how it's written does it just need to be put down does it actually need to be removed all of mm. all the product removed um that would definitely be a question for their lender and what's written in the appraisal yeah that's what i was going to say is usually when they want it tore down they want all of it removed because then you go back into lead based paint these outbuildings are old mm-hmm. and that's half of the reason why they want all this done could it also have something to do with insurance? Because it could be that you're going to move in and six months later, it's just going to fall over mm-hmm. and you're going to make a claim. And your cow is going to be gone. And your cow is going to be gone. Wait, I have one for that. Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. Remember we found it earlier, Don? <laughs> Bye, cow. We don't want Bessie uh, to die. Oh, my God. See, they get ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> but we also don't want anybody to get injured. Like, right. what if your cows were there when that got knocked over or something? It could be bad. What if you were feeding your cow at that point? What if you, you were going to get your lawnmower? <laughs> what if Clyde was in the way? Just so many. Oh, poor Clyde. Clyde. Where's Clyde? Poor He's right Clyde. here. Hang on. Just wait. Oh, thank <laughs> so much. See, I just have to master when to repause them so they don't start going. There's got to be an easier way to do There's this. Gotta be. <laughs> anybody, like, anybody know that at the, the website Anchor? Can you give us a tutorial on how to do the sound effects? We're doing it all wrong. <laughs> we're yeah, trying. We're Trial and error. Okay, water tests. Okay, water tests. Maybe required by your lender. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wrote, Trace. Do you have anything been... else? <laughs> anything else to say? I don't have anything to contribute. Uh, there is a spot on your purchase agreement that says uh, if lender requires, or you can require it if you're fearful of something in there. Um, again, so I have a client purchasing a house. Uh, she's pregnant, so she wants to make sure you know there's no arsenic in her water while she's um, growing that baby. So um, we're getting clarification on that. Um, but the bank, if if they don't see anything, any issues, they won't always ask for that test, but it's a really cheap test and there's filters you can put on, on your sink. So um, don't, don't let that scare you. They will test and there's, you know, usually bacteria in everyone's water, but they'll, they'll tell you if it's at the levels to be dangerous. Do our inspectors do that? Yes. Our inspector, Andy Larson, does water tests. He did one for my property in Lake, Lake Park and there were, 
there's arsenic levels. So mm -hmm. if you see arsenic on there, don't immediately hit the panic level. There's a safe level, which yes. sounds crazy to say there's a <laughs> safe level of arsenic, but I guess there is. Well, you think about where all of those uh, things in our water come from anyway, and it's a lot of, you know, um, fertilizers or decomposed dinosaurs, you know, Runoff. lots of things. Runoffs. I thought you were going to say decomposed bodies, and I thought this was going to turn well, real quick. Kind of bodies, but dinosaurs and, you know, deer. Um, Amber, when, a lot of things. when Andy did your test, did he do it at the inspection, or did he go back? He went back. I'm wondering if maybe that's something he was doing before, but not now with the clarification. Otherwise, I've done it for my buyers, and it's you just take some, take some water from the, the spigot and go turn it into Clay County. Our sellers did it for us when we were buying. And I'll have to check, but I want to say that he actually pulled it from the well. He didn't pull it from the spigot. Oh, yeah, in Minnesota, they you have to pull it from. Yeah, he did it differently, okay. but he did go out there to do it. And that was our six-hour home inspection. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Well, Andy, if you do listen to this, which you should, because <laughs> we always and now we're give a shout-out to you. So we'll be waiting. Mm -hmm. uh, but let us know mm -hmm. if you do that water test and if you charge extra, if it's included. I think it was a little bit extra, but it wasn't much. Andy Larson, Larson Home Inspections. <laughs> Just had a baby. Just had a baby. Okay. Yeah, I don't think the water tests were that expensive, even from the lab in Detroit Lakes that did it. So I think it's thirty dollars. Yeah, thirty. And then if you want to test for a bunch of extra stuff, that's a little bit more. Yep. Um, and why not? They already have the sample. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, the next section was going to be us talking about stories we've had, but we've sort of already mixed those all in. Was there any other stories, anyone good or bad about rural? Rural. Just beware about buildings. Beware of the different things that we talked about that you're going to be facing that you will not have to deal with in town. But there's still, I mean, it's a great option for people. There's just a couple more hoops. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to keep in, in mind, too, of moving to a rural, and we're talking about um, septic and wells, that you need to maintain them. Yes. Just you move in, you think, oh, this is going to be great. I, I've lived in town for 12 years. I haven't had to do anything with my septic or my water or anything, but I move rural. I have to yeah, check that. I have to be very aware of it. Yeah. So it's kind of educating the home buyer. Well, depending to keep up on that. Depending on your family size, too. We were a family of five and we lived in a rural part in Phoenix. And so we had a septic and there was certain things you can't flush or yeah. you have to be careful not to overload it with like too much toilet paper. Uh, so there's, there is, there's a lot of expectations and upkeep, um, and you just have to be careful and be quiet computer. Um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say. No, I don't remember. Good. Good. I think we're good. <laughs> Are we good? We're good. Okay. Oh, oh, I do remember what I was going to say. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Interrupting Cal. Um, no. No. wait, there it comes. <laughs> I'm so late. <laughs> oh God, they're running away from me. That you also need to be flexible with your timeline because USDA is a government funded program. So sometimes at the end of the year, there might be a little bit delay in those funds or they can run out of funds. So just not so much in North Dakota, but Minnesota. So uh, don't, if you have a really, really strict closing date, that's something to also talk about with your lender. Good point. That's all I have. Okay. What did we do for Tasty Tuesday, you guys? Oh, Where'd we go? Where'd we go? Yeah. I think everybody got it really right. Yeah, you all guessed. It was pretty no-brainer. Deep, Deep blue seafood. It, it was, was so good. good. 
It's actually the second time we've been there. (laughs) And my food was better this time. It was, was too. It wasn't bad the first time, but this was definitely better. And I got the same thing. Mine was amazing. You are literally a child. (laughs) Please (laughs) take all the vegetables off my salad. Um, It had lettuce. That's a vegetable. Surf and turf minus a surf. (laughs) I don't. Okay. Okay. Clarification here. I don't like shrimp. I don't like cucumbers. I don't like tomatoes. uncooked onions, and I don't like tomatoes, and that's what's on the salad. So I literally ate lettuce and steak, and it was delicious. It was. It was, it was good. So, so good. good. Um, but our seafood was delicious too. <laughs> yes. I had that tuna poke bowl. It was so good. Um, I do like seafood. I just don't like shrimp. Okay, just so you all know that. <laughs> okay, so, and our so winner, who's our, our winner, winner was Mindy. Congrats, Mindy. Chipola, Mindy. Yep. So Mindy so has visited one of our buyers and brewers today or before, and we had awesome chats with her. So uh, Mindy, come pick up your gift card whenever you get a chance. And stop it and say hi. And come say yeah. hi. We want an update. So that wraps it up. That yes. does. Next week we'll be talking about I don't know what. I didn't plan that far ahead. Are we right. talking about specials? Um, we're well, gonna, we're going to do a more in-depth specials because it's yes. a hot topic right now. And we might have a guest speaker, so stay tuned. Yeah. Um, do we want to do that one next week though, or do we want to pick something? I don't have. I don't, I don't have our, our person confirmed yet. Well, all right, you guys can find us at buysellfromhomes.com. <laughs> Facebook, we are Diamond Realty Associates, 701-526-4935. We got to go. Gotta go. It's hot in here. It's hot. Remember to hashtag the Stay Classy FM. Whoop, whoop. We're out. Am I supposed to do the exit music? Just, yes. Nope, just turn it off. Okay. <laughs>